Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Uh, we are podcasting. Uh, I'm talking. I'm very happy to be talking today uh, to a really lovely person um, and a very talented person. And those things often don't go together. Uh, it's Ellie Kemper. Hi. Here we are. Yes. And you're in New York City where you mm-hmm. live. Yes. City of um, Dreams. City of Dreams. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. The city of 2000, 2023. <laughs> city, of, city of Dreams, although they're uh, sort of indecipherable and really seem to do, uh, they're nothing but anxiety dreams, yes, you know. exactly. Panic dreams. Because, I mean, you've lived in New York. You never really have been an L.A. person, have you? Well, I lived there for a few years. I think maybe five. I, I lived there for five oh, years. Oh, when you were doing, when you were doing the, the office. office. Yes. Yeah. But that was even at first. It felt like, oh, are you, are you actually living there? Or are you just living there while they're shooting? Right. But then, um, I've been back here for a while, and before the office, I lived here for, what, nine years, I think? Yeah. So, it's been—and you lived here. How uh-huh. long were you here? I was there, um, well, there, like, for a year and a half in the early 90s. Yeah. And then I was—and then I was there from 93 to 2001. Yeah. So, eight years. And I felt—it took about 10 years living in L.A. before I really felt like, I'm. I got to admit, I live in L.A. So you know, do like you and right, right. Yes. And that and that, yeah. I mean, I, I've been here, I've been here for 20 years now. Right. I mean, 21, 22 years now. Wow. So. so do you feel at all an allegiance to New York or like, but I'm actually, I know you didn't grow up here, but yeah. do you feel that? Not anymore. Yeah. Not any, but honestly, I don't feel a particularly a particular allegiance to anything. Oh, I don't think uh, I to do. Anywhere. You know what I mean? Not it's even all, the Midwest? Oh, to the Midwest, definitely. I mean, I, I will always be a Midwesterner. Yeah. As I'm sure you probably I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I and now and I'm kind of fine with that. You know, I don't yeah. and I think everybody sort of has, you know, Southerners are always Southerners and Westerners are always, you know, like if you grow up in Idaho, you're always gonna be sort of a cow person. Exactly um, right. But I actually, I have found, though, in going back to uh, Illinois in the last few years, I enjoy it much more. And I feel like much more kind of uh, just to have a soft spot. And it's not, it's not just Chicago and it's not just like a Cubs game. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like driving around out in the rural parts of the suburbs. I mm-hmm. just feel... Uh, you know, like, okay, this is, and I hate to say, but it's like, I belong here. Like, this is kind of where I should be. Absolutely. And you're like, but I'm not. Do you mean you feel a soft spot now that you didn't used to feel upon returning or that you didn't feel when you lived there? Uh, Then, well, when I lived there, I I was so young, you know, that I, you know, I just, I I was dissatisfied with being alive. Sure. Uh, Who wasn't? So no. it wasn't like that, but no, now, now it's definitely, and it's also, it's just like changes in my life, you yes. know. Similar to the fantasy I have, like when I was 18, I thought, oh, I'm going to st- grow up and have four children. Well, I'm not going to have four children. I have two children and that's it. But similar yeah. to that, even though I'm now 42, I do sort of feel like, no, no, but I'm going to like return to my hometown and raise my family there. But I'm already, I mean, it's not, maybe You're I will. You're already doing it. I'm already yeah. doing it. I probably won't. But there yeah. does feel 
when I do return. And of course, I'm never there for long enough for things to get stressful. But it does feel like I go outside and things seem calmer. Like in New York, I mean, it's New York City. It's a major city. There's a lot going on at any given moment. And it's you really feel like, especially as I get older, just the anxiety. And like, the, yeah. there's just, it's, it's a stressful place to be at times. I didn't used to get that. And then I think when I, you know, going back and forth, having lived there and going back and mm-hmm. forth, you step out on the street and the, you know, cortisol levels, like the the part the, oh the the chemicals in your brain that says I better keep an eye out because shit might go down. They just go up. Oh my god! When gosh. you step out, when you go to the corner to buy an orange, I know. You know they they jump up. And you suddenly know? you're in. I don't know. I can't use this word, so I won't. It is. I can't believe I'm opening with or whatever. But this involves the use of the c word, like the worst word. Do you know what Cunt? that is? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sure. I'm not going to say it. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say the C word. But okay. last year, I had just moved into this new apartment building. I lived near Central Park. I was leaving my apartment at like 2 p.m. Like the sun is out. It was a weekday afternoon. I was going for a jog. Literally step outside, and a man shouts at me, Go back to Rikers Island, you C word. <laughs> and I was like, You. I just walked out. So that doesn't happen to me in the Midwest. <laughs> were, you, were you wearing like an orange jumpsuit? Like what back, Rikers Island. Go back to Rikers Island. It was such a strange, was it an insult or was it? It was, and then I was like, I felt, he was on a bike. So it yeah. was very quick and he, he you know. Uh, you say you I I th- I'm, that is how Midwestern I am. I literally can't say that word. Uh, uh, Do you never loud. say that word? Or does never, it take, never in your in your life. That I guess word is when crushed. I told Michael my Komen what happened that day, I used that word. But I would yeah, yeah. never use that word. I do use. I mean, sometimes do I swear? I swear to like. But it feels like an act. Like it's like I'm inhabiting. I care. I don't know. Right. Do right. you? But that's that. might I don't want to. I don't want to like attribute that, that to the Midwest. I'm, it might just be my family. We didn't curse in my family. We still don't. Oh, no. My mother swore like a truck driver. Oh, oh, like well, so a, there you go. Yeah, my my younger, and my dad too, but my mom especially mm-hmm. uh, would be like, it, to the point where when my younger brother and sister, who are nine years, they're twins and they're nine years younger than me, when they got to an age like 14, 15, they didn't swear because it was mom's thing. Oh. Like they wouldn't say fuck because like, no, that reminds of them of mom. Oh, like and it was what, uncool. Yeah. Or wow. just that it was just like, yeah, like, mm, yeah. it was distasteful. Yeah. Because you know? my, because I mind my mom, I mean, I, and I'm not exaggerating. There would be times when I'd be talking to her on the phone. And when my young, you know, my, my younger brother and sister were younger, I was out of the house. They were still there. Mm-hmm. And she'd be, she'd be talking to me and she'd go, well, you know, this guy on this job said, hold on a second. Will you kids shut the <laughs> fuck up? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this guy said. And, you know, like, and they're like, they're like eight or something, you know. I, were they well behaved? Uh, pretty, yeah. Yeah, they were like, yeah, they're. Yeah, they're not. I mean, it got the job done. Because <laughs> yes. you are at one of how many? How many? So you have the twin. I have an siblings. older brother, mm-hmm. and then I have a younger brother and sister that they are actually my half brother and sister because yes. they're they have a different dad. My yes. mom from her second marriage. Yes, she yes, had, yes, yes. She had kids too. Okay. Um. So yeah, so it's I'm old, I'm yeah. one of four, but I'm yeah. kind of like the middle because they were sort of, you know, two for one. Right. And then my a brother unit. was the older one. Yeah. Right. 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 Yes, so. I— And how uh, many of you—and you're from—you were born in Kansas City but grew up in St. Louis, that's right? That's right, yes. Born in Kansas moved there, moved to St. Louis in, when I was in kindergarten, and mm-hmm. and I have—I'm also one of four. I have an older brother, two years older, younger sister, and then a younger brother. So I'm, I'm one of four. And my two younger siblings now live in Los Angeles, which is, is so unexpected to—like, it's just weird that— I don't know, of a family that grew up in St. Louis. It's like two of us live in Los Angeles. One lives in New York. My older brother lives in St. Louis. But anyway, mm-hmm. it just seems, um, I don't know why that seems unexpected, but it does. So there you go. Yeah. 
Now, uh, why the move to St. Louis? Because, I mean, I because Kemper, that's a, like a, it's an old family in Kansas City, right? Well, I, my, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't really know that much. This sounds very strange, but I don't know that much about, because I didn't grow up in Kansas City, I, I feel grateful for that. Because my family <laughs> started a bank years ago, a century ago, I don't know, a yeah. long time ago. And so that started in Kansas City. Moving to St. Louis, I think, was good. I'm glad my parents did that because it, it was a new city. Like, it, yeah, it didn't yeah. have that. And you didn't have the baggage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. not to say that it was, oh, some huge name in Kansas City, but maybe more recognizable in Kansas City than in St. Louis, which is nice. Right. And in St. Louis, it was, I think my dad was, they were planning on only moving there for like five years and then ended up staying. So I feel really mm. grateful for that. I haven't. I mean, I don't have, this is boring to say, but I mean, I had a very, I had a good childhood. You keep wondering how I'm going to finish the sentence. I'm like, I had, well, I, <laughs> but I, I had a good childhood. I mean, so I feel, I'm like really very, very lucky to be yeah. able to say that. So And your folks are still together? They're still together. They're still yeah. alive. I just saw them over. <laughs> they're still together and they're still alive. <laughs> I, uh, just, those two we, things usually don't go together because somebody together. ends up killing somebody. <laughs> well, give it time. Life is long. <laughs> but um, we were all just together in, so my my younger sister lives in Pasadena with her family. So we all went out to Pasadena for the holidays. and Oh, nice. It was a weirdly, very weirdly drama-free gathering. I have yeah. no... I don't know how that happened. I mean, not that there are usual like big outbursts, but it was you'll gossip with one sibling and then you sort of backstab them like with the other sibling. I mean, not it's nothing like too bad, but you're double. No, no, I, yeah, no, abs- absolutely. There's yeah. all kinds of, and I and there's times when I think about like I wonder what these fuckers are saying about me. Oh yeah, you know, and I know that they're saying stuff, of but course. you know what? What are you gonna do? I you don't know? know. Yeah, it's I, so. I mean, I, I I'm. I personally feel like being doing the job you and I have trains you to go, oh, I can't control what people are saying about me. And I mean, and you know, like, cause you get used to it, like on the internet and then you can just bring it into like, well, I don't, you know, I think my, my aunt is judging me and it's like, well, okay, I'll just treat it like somebody on Twitter. You know, that's exactly, (laughs) do you know what I I can do about it? Yeah. I don't know that I, again, consciously use that, um, like device, that strategy, I guess. But that's really smart because I don't know. When did you first, I I first read a mean comment about me when I was on the office and I, and I was like really upset about, so maybe this was, let's see, 2009 was when I started appearing. And it was so mean and I agonized over it for, I don't know, days. And it was just, And the anonymity didn't help. I was still just like, it doesn't matter that I don't know this person. A stranger, it makes it worse, I guess. A stranger said this about me. And especially having gone through a life of being supported. Uh, right. You know, what I, you know like. Not a like divisive nobody, figure. Yeah, nobody yeah. was yelling at me like, you're a fucking idiot, <laughs> right. you know, or right. you're ugly. You know, That's I mean, a, yeah. I, I wasn't, I was certainly wasn't coddled, but I mean, but you do, you step out into this really weird arena where all yeah. of a sudden, like, people have no qualms whatsoever about seeing just heinous shit about heinous you. Heinous shit. And it's like, yeah. are you still learning? that? I, I don't think people are going around saying really, I don't think that you and I are like, oh, having to trudge through all this negative comment. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Do- but still, at the same no, time. I, for me, nobody cares that much well, anymore. But, so they're me, not but weighing it, in. Yeah. But, that's, but it is it, just this. You just can't, if you're going to be upset about it, then I, you can't look at it. Like you just said, you can't control what they're saying. You yeah. have to understand that, you know, this isn't somebody, you don't know this person. You don't know anything right. about them. So you can't really listen to what they're saying for that very reason, I guess. I don't know, but that's hard. Yeah, there's a balance because I don't think it's bad to hear criticism. So, yes. you know what I mean? So, like, I know, like, Conan, for instance, says he doesn't read anything, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, but he also, too, was, like, on the bow of an icebreaker, you know, of, like, critical, just an in an ice flow of just critical garbage 
for so long. Right. Uh, so I can understand <laughs> it. But there's time. But when he, you know, he'll say, don't ever, you know, because I've said like, oh, I, you know, this something, somebody sh- said something shitty, mm-hmm. you know, and he'll say, don't read any of it. And there's part of me that's like, no, I, you know, I do want to read some of it. Like, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, like some of it, I feel like I can at least filter through the healthy part of myself that will be like, do they have a point? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels healthy because like you, I was not bullied as a kid. I didn't, I, it's not like I, I I don't feel that I had to overcome some major like circumstances that where I felt like I'm not good enough. I'm the underdog, whatever it was. So it does come maybe as a greater shock when people say mean things about you. But the other thing is that so much of it does seem unfounded, but then there are other parts like with anything, like a director giving you notes, whatever it is. Well, you have to yeah. listen to that. I mean, that's right. that's healthy criticism. So, yeah, I guess it's just the, we're in this, I mean, this is nothing new. We're in this age now where just anybody can say anything. Yeah. And and again, whether uh, whether they're in a position to or not, then. Right. The thing is, though, what did I do? I responded on my, like, years ago, I, I posted, like, a trailer for an animated thing I was in. And someone, like a commenter said, you can't, like, this is an ad. You need to hashtag ad. And I took the bait. I was like, I, I like emailed my agent. Do I need to be, am I going to be sued? Do I need to do ad? They said, no, this isn't an ad. It's like a trailer for the, and so I responded to the person. I said, and you know what? It, I, I checked and it's not an ad. And like sweet, silly me, because I was trying, I thought, oh, I'm going, there was a part of me that I think was indignant and wanted to let it yes. be known that I wasn't doing anything yes. wrong. But then I also assumed— Fuck me. No, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. How dare you? you know? How dare yeah, you? Yeah. Under the guise of, like, civil discussion. Right, right. And then the person was not interested in, like, didn't actually— Of course the person didn't actually care whether I was hashtagging it as an ad. No. They just wanted to, like, get in. And I fell yeah, for yeah. it. So yeah. it's— it, it feels like when I'm removed from it, it feels like far away and like, oh, that seems like a waste of time. But when you're in it, when you're actually affected by it, I don't know if you've gotten affected. It's very, very upsetting. Like, I know. I, I mean, I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to, I used, I mean, I definitely used to get, uh, I'd argue with people, especially yeah. because I, I, you know, like I, and I used to be a lot more publicly political. Uh-huh. Um, mm. because I, yeah. I liked being publicly yeah. political and it's a big part of kind of like who I was. It's still a big part of who I am, but it's less a part of who I am because I'm just, I'm so tired. Well, I'm I was so, going to ask you. No, so very I'm so tired. Very tired. tired. You know? But that's, so that's, so I, I wanted to ask you if, why have you become, is it because of, yeah, like I've, that's enough or. It, yeah, it's enough. And I just, and I think that I had some sort of idea that I could do something to make things better. No. Yeah. There's there's truth to, you have a platform, mm-hmm. whether it's whatever, you know, whether you're on a TV show and you're giving interviews mm-hmm. or whether you have a Twitter account with lots of followers mm-hmm. or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And hey, while we're here, why don't I let people know right. that teachers should be paid more right. or something, you know, and, right. uh, you know, and for me, it was, you know, a lot of it would be things like guns are a problem. Oh, you yeah. know, like I used to get very engaged about yeah. guns and then I stopped. And I mean, and it got ugly and weird and, and scary, know. It, you know, DMs, scary DMs and things like uh, that. So I kind of backed off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I made a crack. I mean, I made an observation about QAnon people. Mm-hmm. And my ex-wife got calls at our oh, on our home phone from people asking for me, uh, you know. Uh, so yeah. I, when I just was like, I just you know made a kind of a character <laughs> character judgment on right. people who you know believe in fantasies. I know. And <laughs> I know. I'm not. I can't do that much. I mean, I, you know, I help raise money and things like that, and I help you know in, in the last presidential election helped. Sign up poll workers and right. sign up canvassers. And, right. You know, and I mean, and you, it was in a way that there was tangible, like, oh, this thing I that I that I posted got this many responses right. and can be linked to this much money. And but I, but in terms of like following it, like I used to every day and have, I right. just, I have, it's just too much. It's too debilitating, and humans are too basically corrupt. No, <laughs> I know. know. And, That's and, the other thing I've gotten to is humans uh, are basically corrupt. And, I know. You know, you just kind of got to like, oh yeah, everybody's going to 
going to skim a little. I know. And it feels that feels really uh, discouraging because there, like you said, you feel, okay, I'm visible. There's a platform. Um, Yes. Like uh, post a selfie of with you with your dinner, but then also encourage people to go out and vote. That seems pretty benign. Yeah. But then it's and I have no idea if something like that moves the needle or not. I don't know what never like my whole life. I've not been that political or outspoken in any and and not about really anything that has to do with politics or any of certainly nothing. I don't weigh in on guns. I mean, like before 2016, never did. And so then it felt very new, but also urgent, especially for our uh, last, what, 2020. Yeah. Election to do something because it did feel urgent, right? Pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. And so that yeah, was yeah. my first, like, dance with um, uh, people disagreeing with you <laughs> in a yeah, really yeah. sort of aggressive way. Or sticking your neck out in any way, right. you know? And, you know? And, and, but I do come back to the thought that, like, I don't know which is this, which is I, I, I don't understand what social media, if, if it is a net positive, because I is anyone, are you just in an echo chamber? Like, so if you it, tell people to, say, go out and vote— Mm-hmm. Are most of the people you're talking to already going out, and then the people yeah, who aren't going to vote, yeah. they're not going preaching so to I, the choir. Kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. So that feels. But I understand. Well, especially if you're getting phone calls to your house. Well, no, then you have to take yeah. your foot off the gas, and that and that's depressing because it's like, why can't you just speak intelligently with people about this? But right, right, and also, and you're, and you're. There's also an element of it where you're uh, succumbing to bullying. I know. Uh, basically, and it's like you're not that's you're not that you're not supposed to do that. I know. You know, like we teach our kids like st- stand up to bullying and then right. but then it comes to like, oh no. Mm, this is dangerous. Crazy people. Yeah, crazy crazy people. people who love guns I know. Uh, knowing where, you know, you, my yeah. kids live. Yeah. Things, Wait, and then that's a yeah. different issue and like yeah. and necessarily so. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. (laughs) Right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Issa as host Issa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Can't you tell my love's a growing? But we were saying, because it seems like a conversation I have with a lot of people, oh, I don't get social media, but I do not understand it. And also, I can tell you this, is that it has made me dumber, just all of it. Just uh, taking up my time scrolling through that instead of mm-hmm. just reading a book is really right. idiotic. Oh, I, there's books that if they could speak, they would, uh, in my house that just would like, be constantly making fun of me. Yes. Remember when you bought me? How you were interested in me and yes. all the all the knowledge I could impart to you? I know. You know? Instead of and, and then it is also this. Oh boy, it, it it doesn't. It when I when did you join Twitter? Was it like at the very beginning? It was kind of early-ish. I think it was. Uh, I want to say like, I think it was two thousand and ten. Oh, I think yeah, that feels early. 2009. Yeah. Yeah. I still am fairly active on Twitter and I yeah. like Twitter. 
Oh, you do? Yeah, I, I'm scared. Of I do. I found, well, I mean, aside from, you know, from the things like when there's a revolution in the Mideast, yeah, you know, when yeah. uh, the, uh, you get better news more quickly from that. You right. know, when like, when there's things happening in the streets or like in Ukraine, you yeah. find things out there on Twitter. Well, that's a um, very good point. Yeah. Aside from that important part of it, I made a lot of friends and I became part of like a joke writing club. Mm-hmm. Like we would just write jokes for each other, yeah. you know, like, and, yeah. and that, you know, and there's a lot of just like dumb jokes that I come up with that I'm not going to jot them down and uh, keep them in a book. I no. mean, I, you know, yes. I just put it on, you know, like Twitter. I, yeah. I, yeah. And it's yeah. just because it's fun. I like, you know, making funny jokes. You and know? that part feels like a good use of it. And, but see, yeah. do you know what I want to say, ask you is, I don't know. I don't write jokes, but do you have to like triple check to make sure every, nothing can be misinterpreted? Like, is there any fear? Y- you learn. I learned, yeah. you know, I learned there's certain jokes that aren't funny anymore. Right. And yeah. and and yeah. I and I know lots of men my age, and it's almost always men, yeah. uh, my age who are in comedy who just like they, that. That I mean, that's another reason why I like being on Twitter is because I know like I, I would sometimes be at the show that I worked on, and one of a man my age or a little younger would pitch a joke, and I would be able to say, "Oh no, no." Yeah. They're not, the kids aren't laughing at that anymore. Right, 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 right. I was kind of, you know, eavesdropping on the conversation of younger people. Right, which is Um, necessary, yes. Yeah, so, and and also, and it makes you grow, and it forces you to kind of, and it forces you to- Reassess, yeah. Yeah, to reassess your own kind of values and Mm -hmm. things. But, um, But then also, too, I make jokes that, like, people in my life will be like, what are you doing? Like that's <laughs> like that's really dirty, or that's really gross, or that's really like that's really stupid. And I'm just like, eh, what, do you, what do you want? You know, what do you want? It's not going to sit in the drawer. I'm yeah. going to say it. My yeah. favorite because I'm on Instagram, not Twitter, but I do really like posting things that you know no one's really going to think is that funny, besides the people you know really well. Yes, and I just that right. is satisfying to me in some stupid way. It's probably not savvy. Like if you're for from like a brand oh, no. perspective. I have, oh, I I mean the amount of time that I think using my oh. social media account strategically oh. is non-existent. It, and, my, it, and my my fiance is like, you got to get more Instagram followers, and I'm like, do how? I? By yeah. posting videos of me well, saying funny things? Yeah, exactly. No. And a music you know? video. I know that's it. And so it's like, well. Okay, if I did that, yes, I might attract more followers, but uh, yeah. But no. how fucking thirsty is that? Well, anyway, that's what I think. And then some people you know? are fantastic. Here I am again. Here I am again, hoping you like me. <laughs> that's I mean, it. that's that's our whole fucking life, though. I mean, that's. Uh, do you remember when? I always think of this because when you could, I'm not on Facebook, but when I used to be, and you could write on someone's wall on Facebook. Yes. And it could be like, you're the best, happy birthday or whatever. And I remember thinking at the time, this is insane. This is a love, a self-love fest. And people are just like allowing these things to be seen. And now it is just not only customary, but to be expected to just post things that you're doing, pat yourself on the back. It's outrageous. It's (laughs) It's like, and wait, I do it. I mean, I don't know if you do it, but it's like, so twisted and bonkers and like not healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's th- yeah. there's varying levels of it. There are varying guess, levels. You know? Yeah, yeah. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. 
This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Can't you tell my love's a crow? Now that we're talking about yes. being in, in the public eye and yeah. just kind of like having the urge to get in front of people, when did that sort of start for you? Early. You know, you were a good student and you were kind of like, and you were, you know, an athlete mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, how does, you know, being a comedy person fit into that? I always say, so Michael is like truly what I would call a comedy nerd. My husband, he like oh, has, yeah. seen, oh, right. Oh, <laughs> Total <yeah>. nerd. <laughs> oh boy. But no, it just has the whole like, um, uh, lexicon he just knows every comedy movie ever every comedian yes. every and i always and he's always shocked at the things i haven't seen or ha uh, comedians i haven't heard of or and i always say to him because i had a normal childhood with friends <laughs> that's like my comeback <laughs> but it's sort of true so yeah. I, what, what i mean is that like so i when i say that i like to perform or i guess be in the public eye from an early age you know i did the thing like most I, a lot of households do, which is we would put on shows for our parents and invite the neighborhood parents over and just like plays in the front hall and Christmas, like choreographed dances for like our Christmas show and all that stuff. And then I was always in like the musicals in elementary school and, and then middle school and, and high school. I was always in uh, the plays, usually the musicals. And I think that sort of goes hand in hand because I was also a, like an athlete. I ran track and I played field hockey. But I really love, this is sick, but I love the praise that came with it. So when I say mm -hmm. that, I'm like, oh, you like the attention. So that's what I mean when I say I liked performing from an early age because I did like being in the, again, I'm not proud of this, but I enjoyed being in the limelight. So Well, that, yeah, but that's, I mean, if you were shitty at it, no one would have said much. You know <laughs> well, what maybe, I mean? Yeah, right. I hope so. I yeah. hope I would have been discouraged. But it was something that like, yeah, I did always like, performing and and yeah. but it wasn't until college that I really I got more interested I guess in comedy because I don't know how you were like I think that my family's funny I don't know if it's the same. Mm -hmm. like I think that we have the same sense of humor and we understand like we make each other laugh and but there's no like professional comedians in my family it, I, like in my lineage I just there's no uh -huh. like show business right. I do think like my parents are extremely funny people, um, though they don't, uh, they don't earn money from being funny. They don't sure, do professional. Sure. But it was that. So, so I think that when, when I was in college, I was in a, my improv group, you know, every college, I guess, has an improv troupe. And I was. Well, you're younger than me because I don't, I mean, I think that's a more of a recent <laughs> thing, you know, because improv was. Yeah. You had to explain what it was well, to people true. when I started doing it. And now everyone's like, oh, fucking improv. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Oh, my college you know. now has, I think, like, I'm not kidding, like 11 improv yeah. Where When I was there, there was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. It was, I, was, I was coming in at the era of, like, oh, we know what this is. And my group was called Quip Fire. Like, we're firing quips. See? Quips. Yep, sure. Quips. Firing. And I really, really liked it. And that was my, and I felt like I was good at it. And that was my introduction to... Like we went to Chicago for one of our tours and I got to see Second City and Improv Olympic. And I felt like, oh, this is really something that I, I didn't know you could do after college yeah. and you yeah. could continue to do as an adult. So it was really in college that I, my eyes were opened, but I felt yeah, like yeah. this is feasible, you know? And It's also really yeah. fun. Oh like my that, gosh, it's For so me, fun. was always, yeah. it isn't even so much you know, I thought like, oh, I'm going to be on SNL or right. anything like that. And it was weird to me, especially because I'm from Chicago. So right. it was all there. Like, right. it wasn't like I went anywhere to find it. It just kind of was there. And friends of mine that were already kind of acting and though I was in film school with started to do it. Yep. And then I'd go see it and I'd just be like, holy shit, that's fun. Right. I don't. You know, yeah. yeah, and it's just like I want to learn to do that, and then I want to do that, and mm -hmm. then I want to hang out with those people. I know, and and the hanging out with the people was always, I mean, even to this day, <laughs> making TV shows. Uh, you know, the the best part of working for Conan O'Brien was that I was I went to work every day with right. literally some of the funniest people in the world. That's right, in the world. I uh, imagine. 
Like, you know, and we just uh, got to fuck around and I make know. each other laugh. That was like 80% of the day and then 20% was, well, we got to do a show. We got to do the tech coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, so, it's, it's unbelievably lucky, uh, yeah. fortunate to be able to do that. And I complete, that was the thing was that in this group, like I had been on team, sports teams and I had, like I said, done like the school musicals, but improv in particular, I felt there's, you, you sort of necessarily have to form a bond because you're going Mm -hmm. up there the whole point, obviously, like you don't know what is going to happen. There has to be a trust there that's established and you are all on the same wavelength. You do find the same things funny. And like, if you meet another improviser, this sounds really just corny and stupid, but you kind of speak their shorthand. Like you kind of have their number already, even if you might not actually have ever met them. You kind of get it. Yeah. And so to be able to be in, especially for a job, like you just described, you get to go to work with these people. Well, that's yeah. like insanely lucky. And it, it, it didn't ever, I mean, I too didn't grow up thinking, oh, I, I want to be on Saturday Night. I, I watch Saturday Night Live every Saturday, but I didn't ever think, oh, I want to be on that. That just felt like, oh, these are, I don't even know what these people are or how you yeah, get yeah. there. I was in classes with people that had like moved to Chicago because they wanted to be on SNL. Oh, right. And that was always like, I'd be like, oh, shit. This is like, I'm just here for fun. You know, oh, like, oh, right. You know, right. and, and. Oh, so did so, you not think, oh, I want to take this to a professional level? In it. At a certain point, I knew there were people that were doing this for a living and people right. that I knew specifically, like I remember, you know, there's a guy named Ken Campbell who was a, a Second City guy. And he like, they were like, I think it was turtle races at this bar. <laughs> and he hosted these turtle races. And I knew him and he's a great guy. And he got a job on a Fox show called Herman's Head. Yes. Which, do you remember that show? I remember that show, yeah. Yeah, it was like a guy and there were like different characters playing the different voices in his head. Yes. And like Ken got on. So it's like, I know that guy. Yeah. I, you know, like I've hung out with that guy and there he is on TV and everybody's talking, you know, and everyone's speculating like, how much money is he making? Because no one had any money and and we're all like. And you automatically assume they're making a million dollars an episode, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that guy, he's got to be rich now. (laughs) You know, like Jesus all set. Um, (laughs) Yes, and and seeing that become, it's a weird thing. Like when you see someone you know, television it feels yeah. like what did it do did it change your mind about a little bit you know but I mean I didn't it didn't make me because there were people that were definitely like career oriented right yes. and I just and I just kind of felt like I don't think well it's just not me like it's just not me to like do the whole I felt like if if something's going to happen it's going to happen because of work Right. Because of the work that we're doing as a group. Right, and right. I was in groups where that was like a divide among right. the people. Oh, like some people yeah. were like, we're not getting enough casting agents in here. And I was like, well, oh, right. I don't know how to do that. Let's yeah. just keep, keep being funny and trying right. to get people in the door, you right. know? And did you um, have a did you have an idea of like when it came to, you know, paying the rent? Was that just separate? Was it like, I want to keep doing this because it's fun, but I am not interested in like monetize. I don't know what word. I, you know, I, I didn't, ha- honestly, I'm not, I'm, I didn't have any concrete plans. Yeah. I yes. just was kind of, you know, I yes. just was sort I of that. taking things as they went yes. and opportunities. Cause you know, there was, a, there was a show in the, uh, in Chicago called the Real Live Brady Bunch mm-hmm. that was at the Annoyance Theater and it mm-hmm. became it went to New York and it went to LA and that and I got out of Chicago and started making money as a performer yes. right through that. Yeah. But that wasn't again, that wasn't like something that I calculated doing. Right. Yeah, right, right. It just right. happened next to me. Right. And I was right. and I kind of was and I, at one point when it was going to New York and I knew there was an opening, I was like, hey, I could do that, you know. Yeah. And they're like, yep. Yeah, sure, come along, you know. Yeah. And it was, you know. It was $600 a week, which at yeah. the time just was like mind-blowing Correct. amount yeah. of money, you know. Yep. Um, but, I, you know, and then it just and then it just kind of built from there. And, and I, you know, I have a specific memory of being out here with people from, that I came out here with sh- people from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we went to the beach and I'm and I was I remember driving in my Toyota pickup with mm-hmm. like four people in the back mm-hmm. and two people in the cab with me. 
looking at houses in, in the hills on the drive and thinking that, you know, like not every one of those people is Steven Spielberg or Steven Seagal, you right. know, like, like there's, this is a, this is an industry, literally, right. you know, right. so there's, there's something to do here, you yes. know? Yeah. And I had gone to film school too. So yes. I was already kind of used to the idea of making a living within the, whether I'm doing props or whether I'm on, you know, where, whether I'm writing a screenplay or whether I'm on the thing, you know? Right. So, in some capacity, you would be involved yeah. in that industry. Oh, see, that is, I think in my mind, I wanted, once I started taking improv classes at the People's Improv Theater here in New York, doing stuff like that, I, I thought the goal is to support myself through commercial work, which, yeah. you know, obviously is yeah. a pretty common route, or, right. if you can, for actors. But that was the only, but beyond that, I think I was similar to you in that with the improv shows and, and the groups that I was in here in New York, it was like, it was almost more of a social engagement. I mean, not, yeah. not to be, but it was it like it was creative. And how can we put on the best show possible and create the, you know, best art? But it was also, it wasn't about like, yeah, but let's get so-and-so in here to like yeah, yeah. sign us or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that felt yeah. like a different mindset. Right. And yeah, and, I, and one that I didn't know how to do that anyway. So I don't have like, that brain. Yeah. And I don't know how, and people who do can do both things well something creative, but also have that business. Yeah. I don't, I just don't have it. So I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by them. The only thing, yeah, because I've, I've spent my, uh, most of my life and most of my adult life envying those people. Yeah. Like the people that like, just have to be doing something and have to oh, be, yeah. you know, like have an iron in the fire that's getting red hot and it's yeah. going to, and I am, and this is all just probably total rationalization. Because yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to force myself to be that more than than I would normally be because I don't have a job right now. Right. You know, I mean, I yeah. do this podcast and stuff, but like I don't have a regular gig yes. right now. So right. I have to push myself yes. more yeah. than I normally would. Yeah. And, but, but I do take, I have, I at one point looked, I was like, okay, who in my life is like super driven that way? Yep. And I made a little list in my head and then I went, now. Which of those people is happy? Oh, oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, none of them. None of them. So that, None of them. I know. You know, they all have a hole that cannot be filled. Right. You know? That's right. And now, so that— I don't that, know what yeah. the answer is, yeah. but I mean, I just—it's just so I don't feel bad at feeling like occasionally like, I am a bum, you know? Uh, I, I can't believe I fell into this trap, but at last week I was just like— Gotta, gotta make some life changes, you know? And like, I, 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 for, for two days, I was convinced I should switch careers because for that reason, for it's like, I'm not working right now. And I, I don't know that I have that. I don't want to say it's not ambition, but it's the energy that it takes yeah. to sort of go after certain things. And we all know we're speaking of those friends and acquaintances who do have both. And I, I'm like tired looking at them because I am tired most of the time. That's another yeah. thing. I am tired. Most two of the kids time. that are yeah. under the age of seven. Well, th that's why I don't, I don't understand how how is any parent who doesn't have that, or I don't even know what happens as they get older. It's probably more emotionally draining. How is everyone not tired? Maybe everyone just is, and people don't complain about it like I do. Right, right. I don't know, but but know. yes, that that combination. I, again, I keep saying ambition, but it, There's it not, is sort yeah. of what it is. But it's a it lot. Is. It is, and yeah. and, and it's to a also business minded. Be, yeah you know, like, uh, uh, driven to a goal, goal oriented kind of thing, as right. opposed to eh, sit around, let's see what happens. You right. know, maybe the phone will ring and something right. good will happen. Exactly. You know? And, and that, I don't know about you. I have been, whether it's something I made up in my head or been told, but I feel like that mindset, the one you just described where it's like, Oh, let's see, is like somehow not good. When in fact, I think that's exactly my mindset, <laughs> which is yeah. like, Oh, I'm things I, okay, I'm going to, of course, money is always the issue. You have to yeah. work to be paid. But if it, if you're in like a dry spell, then you feel like, well, for, I don't know if you go down a spiral. I do. Of, I'll never work oh, again. Oh, uh, fuck yes. Fuck yeah. Everybody. I once <sighs> saw an interview, and it, I don't know what they were in together, Gene Hackman and uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, wow. And yeah. Dustin Hoffman said, 
when every job's done, there's a part of me that feels like I'll never do it again. Oh, wow. And I believed him. Like, yeah. I don't think he was like, I oh. really— and and that way I was like, okay, good. Yeah. You know, good. like because no, I you know, I because I go like I've n I haven't done anything. Like right. everything I've done is you know, like pointless. Who gives a shit? Right. And, you know, and like there's no market out there for this thing that I am, you know. <gasps> right. And you know, and then it's like, oh, calm down, you know. I, I get you have to calm down. I mean, not you, yeah. everyone, because what yeah. you know, you do what you do. But I also I, I had this thing where like I said, I'm 42. And I had this thing growing up where I just never, it wasn't that I thought I would die, but I just never envisioned my life past 40. I just didn't have an idea of what that would, I don't know. I can't describe it. It's more just like, oh, well, I'll be 37 then. Yeah, 30. Oh, I don't know what happens after 40. I don't understand. So yeah. now I feel like, oh, wait, but I am 42. And everyone says, oh no, like, you know, the women who age and also work in entertainment, oh, it's harder on them. I guess it is. I, or I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's men too. But you do feel like it's way worse for women. It is way worse. A thousand for women. times worse for women. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah. It's. I just saw a picture. Women. I just walked by the subway and there was this. Uh, Brian Cranston is in something and he's like the. It's he. It, it, he has a beard. He looks like beard. Santa and oh. he looks like an old prospector. It's a yes. show called like the Judge or something. It's like he's a New Orleans judge yes. and his son. Uh, gets in, like, accidentally kills somebody or something, right. you know. And, and I'm sure, and I'm his biggest fan, and I, I guarantee it's you it's a phenomenal yeah. show. But I just don't think you'd see that woman, that no. image of that woman with the beard. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the, when and women, the when women all, look like hard. that, they're, like, touted for their bravery. Like, they, oh, get, oh, yeah. uh, they get awards for being brave. Yeah. yeah, no, it's... And they did this to them, yeah. Yeah, and then, but I mean... He, he, it is different for character actors. And, and you know, and like yes. you and I are character actors, we're comedic people, yes. but it's like, it is hard. And, and it's more so for like men who are pretty. It's like oh, pr yeah. the pretty people, their like shelf life is shorter, I right. think. It's rare that there's a pretty person that can get kind of past what this incredibly unfair. Right. You know, rating system says right. we're like, oh, you know what? You're beyond pretty. You're not right. pretty anymore. Like right. they're the ones that really get screwed by. Right. Things, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But then it's so it's a very well, it's a weird thing to navigate. But I felt like I had more of that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this uh, in like anyone in my 20s. And, yeah. and that and I don't want to be again, like discouraging to anyone. But yeah, I don't I don't feel like that. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I want to ask because. When, for for you, like say, like in the next ten years, like if you could, if you could pick what happens, and 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 I and I don't just mean job, I mean like job and kids and you mm -hmm. know, like all of it, you know, like thinking of like some, you know, you pick a job for Michael if you want to, for right. your husband if you want to, but like, what do you like? What would what would fix it for you? I was just going to bring up the idea of like I don't know if you do this, but you know. With a household, you say, okay, well, let's make a three to five year plan or or even, and then I often want to reduce that to let's just make a year plan because I don't know what jobs are going to come up for either of us. I don't know what is, you know, as opposed to my parents who moved to St. Louis, my dad had a job at a bank. It was pretty stable and like uh, predictable, meaning that he was going to, we weren't going to have to move again. That's what their uh, lives called for, staying in one place. I feel like as actors and writers that, you know, of course you might have, and, and as so many people do for any job, have to move according to where the job takes you. Okay, so it's hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to move to this place and raise my children here because I don't know if the, a job or a, an opportunity is going to come up that would take us away for a year. So that always yeah. makes it difficult for me to make a plan. And I like your idea of more that it's like I'm I'm accepting that not that the boat is a, is drifting, but that it's there's only so much um, that I can control, and I just got to remain a little bit agile so that I can like stupid use of the word, but pivot when I need to. Yeah. And so, in, in answer to the question, in the next ten years, I think what I would like is, and this is very specific, to have a job on a sitcom where I'm not there. It's not taking up my entire life, but I'm earning a paycheck. And I can also 
be present with my family. So that's yeah. that, that sounds like, oh yeah, hello, who wouldn't like that? Everyone right, would right. like that. Right. But it is, I think that is very difficult to accomplish. And yep. I hope that I can accomplish it because it is important to me to be, you know, with my kids as they're growing up. And I, but it's also important to me both for like just personal reasons and creative reasons I want to work and also for financial reasons I want to work. So it is important. I've many times thought, oh, Ellie, should you just, you know, revisit um, working once you have run out of money and need to at a later time? (laughs) But then I think, no, it is more than financial. I do, like you, enjoy going to work with smart and funny people and I I like creating things. So that's there. And so I think the answer is whether it's New York or Los Angeles, because I feel like those are the two most plausible places. Yeah. I want my kids to have a yard. <laughs> and yeah. Again, very concrete. <laughs> and I want to I want to be able to have some type of job that I'm able to report to. I don't want to be the boss of it. I don't want to be, yeah. be, you know, in charge of other people. I want to uh, be in charge of myself and I want to be an employee who enjoys her job. That was a little bit rambling, a little bit very specific, a little bit totally vague. But I would say that that's, that's the answer for me. And it does feel like, I mean, my children will be so old in 10 years. And it's like, uh, but for me, I, I, I don't want to go, I don't want to go that long <laughs> without working. I want to have, yeah, yeah. you know, the next chapter, I guess. Yeah. So I, but, but that's what it would look like for me. I, it's a know, good answer. I mean, it's a I good answer because, it <laughs> yeah, because it is like, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, home life, work balance. Like, yeah, the, people talk about it and it's a cliche because yeah, it's really fucking hard. And when you get a job, especially like in our thing, what kind of job you get really yes. matters. If yeah. you get a job on CSI, Say goodbye to your kids, right. you know, until right. <laughs> until they, you know, you see them graduate or yeah, something exactly because right. you have to work such long, stupid yeah. hours. And, you know, and that, I mean, and I had the benefit of that was, again, one of the reasons how I'm really lucky. The Conan show, I was home by dinner for, you know, 11 years. Yep. I was home for dinner. That, that's and, invaluable, I think. Yeah. And that yeah. was like the, the, like, real formative years of my kids, you know, yeah. like, uh, oh, so yeah. it, it's, I, I was, I'm really lucky in that way. Whereas if I had been doing a single camera show, I don't know, you know, I know I, I would be much more of a stranger, you know, and that's, that's the part that's difficult because we are so lucky to have careers where like, oh, maybe you can, you are in the position to choose what job you want to take. And, you know, that doesn't always happen that you can say no to a job or yes, but it does feel like if there's only one shot at like when they're young, they're only young for this long. And so like, yeah. if, if, if I said yes to a job that turned out to be just like all consuming, I think I would be in a lot of dramatic, but I would be in a lot of pain because it would feel yeah. like I didn't have to take this job. I could have waited for something, you know, uh, that took up less time to form. But, um, you don't really know that until you're in it. So that makes it yeah. a little tricky. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I always wonder, like, if you had, if money were no object and you and you, and you could, could retire now and only work on, like, quote, unquote, passion projects, I still think I would want to be on, on a, I keep calling it a sitcom, but you know what I mean? Not like a, with yeah. a laugh track, but just like a- A comedy, a, a TV comedy. comedy. A, a TV comedy, I think, is what, I don't think it's like something more elaborate than that. I think yeah. that is what I like doing. And I don't know if you feel the same way where it's like, I feel like, okay, I can do that. No, I, I absolutely do. I yeah. absolutely do. I mean, because between me, I, you know, I got things that I'm trying to develop. I get, mm-hmm. you know, I get different, different, you know, ideas for different shows that I'm pushing on, just trying to get something to go. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other part of me that's just like, oh, why isn't the phone ring and somebody say, come be on my stupid fucking comedy. That's oh, going to be a runaway hit. And then right. I can just like. Yes show up and feel bad that I'm doing such bad work, you know, <laughs> but getting tons of money for it. You yes. Know? Uh, and, it's, so, and it's set up and it's there. You just have yeah, to drive and to it's it. There. And yeah, yeah. And it's like, I can't, it's like, look, this thing is going to be popular. I could either be watching, you know, be watching it and going like, this is terrible <laughs> or be watching and going, this is terrible, but you know, look at this house. You know? Oh, my, but that's it. And nobody, nobody, 
faults anyone for anything anymore. Don't I mean that's yeah. not true. Oh, yeah, but yeah, what yeah. I in, in terms of like selling out or whatever, it's like everyone does everything. So yeah, there's a lot of bad TV out there, but there's a lot of good TV out there. And yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. Know, and I mean, I'd much forever. rather make good. I'd much rather yeah. make good TV, and that's my first choice. But then when I get lazy, that's when I think, can't somebody just hire me to be an actor? That's in a TV show? absolutely when I where think I just have too. to show up and you know, preferably multicam, so yes. that I only really have to work more than four hours for yeah. just two days a week. And know? also, and maybe there, you make enough in a year so that you don't have to do it for more than a year. So you do it for a year, and you know right. you're only doing it for a year, right. and then it's, that's like so well, digestible. you do it for a few years, and then you're, and you're, you know, and then you make some goofy little show for a streamer that, right. you know, you're all your friends are. Right! Yeah. Yeah! And yeah. then you, but then to get to that point, what do you have to do? Because that's the thing where it's like, does someone else create the Goofy show? Because I don't know if I want to create it, but I want to be in it. So I want yeah, someone yeah. to do that. Oh, no. I want to I want to give notes to somebody who actually does all the work. And then yes. when I'm ready to leave, I go like, all right, see you tomorrow. Yeah, that's exactly You guys stay here and write it. Bye-bye. But let's, yeah. let's be honest. <clears throat> Some people want to do that. Yeah. There are plenty of people we know who enjoy doing that. And I, yeah. uh, burning the midnight oil, that is. And work and I. That's yeah. They, so good, it. good. Yeah. Not everyone yeah. can be the boss. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have kept you for so long, and I really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you. Um, you know, the, 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 this format is sort of you know questions are, and you know the final question because uh, I think we've answered the the other two. Yes. But it's the what have you learned part. It's like it's like when people ask you for advice, or you know, like if you you know if you think about like you know, what someone is t- should take away from, from what you've experienced. Yeah. Do you have an idea what that is? When it co- I do. When it comes to work, and especially if, if we're talking about um, getting started in entertainment or something like that, I think this will sound dorky, but it is to bet on yourself because um, you have to because otherwise no one else will take a chance on you. And, and, and again, even though a lot of what you and I have talked about is how we or I might feel tired and I don't have the energy to do this. When you're starting out, well, of course you need to have that energy. You need to have that verve and ambition to get started. And whether you feel it or not, whether it's just fake, you should bet on yourself so that you project a, an, air, an air of confidence that, that people will feel good working with you. The other thing I've learned is sort of um, more recent, and you and I discussed it, which is an acceptance of not being able to control everything and feeling grateful that I get to have the job I have. Because especially, I think there were there were times on 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 shows that I've worked on where I felt so frustrated and angry that I, w- I couldn't control the schedule, I couldn't control the... I, I didn't have a say in certain things. Um, I couldn't control people, as we also discussed, were saying online or, mm-hmm. or, or yeah, mostly online, n- not really to my face. And accepting that you can't control those pieces is really calming and liberating because it lifts so much stress off your chest where yeah. you accept that uh, you can do your, you're in control of doing your job well. And part of your job is to put up with what you might perceive as nonsense, but you just accept that because you, it, overall the position is so lucky. So uh, count your blessings that you get to have, you know, this situation um, and and accept that, you know, the other things are beyond your control. So yeah. those are the two pieces of, of, I guess, wisdom I feel that I've acquired. <laughs> Yes. Well, again, good answers. I well, mean, I'm judging. I, I have a little. You have sheet a one to ten. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping. I'm like checking. Like, okay, that, that's a good uh, one. She did you know. mention yeah. this right. Thank you. <laughs> B plus. And also, uh, we got to the end here. You B plus. B good plus. job. You know what? I yeah. don't want to be the A student. If anything, Mm-mm. you should have taken that away from our discussion. We, we're not interested in being the A. <laughs> Everyone on this podcast that gets an A from me, I just, I feel like they're trying too hard. Way like, too Kimmel, hard. Because I we never go beyond. Above no. C as a host, no, like C C plus. That's I. Thank I'd... you for having me, Andrew. Well, this thank has been a you pleasure. for. <laughs> thank you. It it has very much so for me, and I hope it was for all of you out there. And I will be uh, back next week 
uh, with three more questions. Ha <laughs> The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rob Schulte. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis and Gina Batista, with additional booking support from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.